Welcome to Two Brothers Review, the podcast. I'm Reed Turley. And I'm Ty Turley, recovering today from a dream in which I was in a suicide cult. That's my Tuesdays. Uh, I don't have bad dreams usually, so for me it was shocking. Oh, well, I hope you've recovered. It, oh. it was a traumatic day for me, and it's, it dominated my thoughts more than Triple Frontier even, I'll be honest. Well, maybe Triple Frontier led to the bad dream. Maybe. Uh, definitely possible. At the end of this podcast, you will understand why. Um, well, yeah, this week we're going to be talking about the new Netflix <laughs> movie. Uh, it just dropped called Triple Frontier, and it has a lot of big name actors in it. But before we talk about that movie, Ty and I are going to tell you our favorite Netflix movies. Ty, I'm ready to hear you say Roma, but surprise me. Uh, it's not Roma. No way. It's a, it's way better than Roma. It's uh, Set em Up from last summer. Oh, man. Th- that movie was so funny and so unexpected. Okay, that one was great. I remember watching that. I think we even gave it as a recommendation on one of our podcasts last year. Yeah, I think I probably would have. Yeah. Or you did. So, uh, yeah, I think that one was good. I'd forgotten about that one. The one I'm going to say, and I don't think people liked it very much, is uh, Outlaw King. I don't know. I think I kind of, I liked it. I like Chris Pine. We did an episode about it. I feel like, did you give it a five? I don't know. It's a matter of public record. We'll have to go back and check. Yeah. Don't hold me to that. I don't know if it's better than set him up though. That one was really good. Yeah. So simply funny. Just quirky. All right. Yeah. N- neither of us said triple frontier. No. And I was really excited for this movie. Why? I guess I feel like it fits into my wheelhouse of things that I would like. Uh, So, I mean, I watch Narcos. I like uh, the drug cartel. It's kind of like I was hoping it'd be the uh, the sniper scene from Clear and Present Danger. Just expanded. And we just hear we see that guy's story. And it wasn't. Man, someone should make that movie. Wait, which guy? Which guy would you choose to follow in the sniper scene from Clear and Present Danger? The good sniper, the guy who eats the McDonald's wrapper. And uh, is moving around and he gets closer and closer. And then maybe we're thinking, oh, oh, you're talking. I thought you were talking about the scene when they get ambushed in the canyon of um, the urban, you know, in between the buildings and the SUVs get blown up. Oh, no. I'm talking about the train. Like they're still at in training. Yeah, and the, I remember the sniper gets uh, it's great. I love that scene. That's a great scene. Uh, I love that they say the chickens in the pot <laughs> cook it. Cook. Yeah. Classic. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Uh, it, it it wasn't that. <laughs> no, it was not that. I mean, I thought there was going to be good because of some of the different actors are, are pretty big names, Ben Affleck and, and Oscar Isaac. And I, I don't know. I think that's one of the reasons I was excited for Triple Frontier. Yeah. I don't know. I was, uh, I thought Oscar Isaac was a weird choice and I, he doesn't seem like he'd been in the military. He's just not quite, I don't know, not quite tough enough and he has weird bow legs and I don't know. Okay. Uh, I mean, I think it still worked to have that sort of contrast with, you know, Ben Affleck and Charlie Hunnan. I don't know, to be a little bit smaller. Uh, I, I, I believed he was more of like that planner and kind of the analyst. Yeah, he was. The analyst. Yeah, he was significantly shorter than the other guys, too. That was weird. Yeah. Were you surprised to see Ben Affleck uh, in a movie like this? No, this seems like he tries to do these kind of action movies every once in a while. I think it makes sense. Yeah. He 
he'd has the sort of physique for it. And I don't know, I think brought some kind of more serious acting ability. Some gravitas, if you will. Yeah. What did you think when uh, when he gets shot and killed? That was surprising, right? The I main was, lead gets killed. I was very surprised to have him uh, be the one who dies because I think it really is sort of in the plot, his greed that causes a lot of the problems. Yeah, it sets it up where he, you can tell that he's unhinged a little bit in the in the house at the beginning when they when he just can't leave the money. Definitely. It's I thought that was a great scene just to see him. It wasn't overplayed, like you said, but just sort of. But you could definitely it was very clear that he couldn't let it go. Yeah, I think you could see the emotion in his acting. But I don't know, in my mind, maybe it would have been too much for someone else to get killed because then the other people would have had to turn on him. So if he's the one who dies, you know, the other four can sort of come together around that. Yeah. I guess he didn't want to be in the sequel. They definitely set it up right with those coordinates at the end. Yeah. And the setup of Ben Affleck's character saying he doesn't trust the woman that's that had no payoff in this film. So it had to be for the sequel. And uh, yeah, obviously the ending too, but even before that, like you knew they would remember that spot. I'm surprised they never actually said it though. Like even when they dumped those first bags of money, it was in the middle of a Peruvian jungle. Like people aren't going to find that. They definitely could have planned to go back and get that money and up in the mountains. It's like, who's going, who's going up there? Yeah. And well, this is not exactly the same point, but it just, in my mind, as soon as they realized the helicopter wasn't going to make it over or before they, the helicopter stripped its gear or whatever, why didn't they just hide some of the money in the, in the middle of nowhere jungle? And come back and get it when they, you know, split their weight in half and come back and get it later. Take two trips over the mountain. It's just, they they hurried when they didn't, I don't feel like they needed to. Right. It was disappointing to have them feel like they're such good kind of coordinators and they, they plan this all out. And then because they were greedy, they took too much money. They just lost that ability to critically think about it. That's a generous explanation where that... uh Abnormal behavior is justified by the story. I don't know if. Oh, I think it's bad writing. Yeah, like you could justify it and say they got they got stressed out and lost their minds, but I don't know. It just felt like as soon as the the helicopter started losing altitude or having a struggle, I would have been like, "All right, new plan. We're dumping half the money." Well, and it was just so frustrating for me to feel like they're taking all of this money. They won't leave any of it behind. You know, they give those families in the village a million dollars. And then they can't even take the money with them. It's, I mean, it's almost crazy. Like, why not leave them five duffel bags of money? Well, they still thought they were getting it over. They thought they were going to walk with the mules to the, um, to the edge of the ocean. You're right. I guess that is like a confirmation bias or having hindsight. But I just think they, they could have got out there out of there with $50 million. Instead, they made out with $5 million because they were trying to make it out with $200 million. <laughs> Well, I, okay. I mean, I empathize with Affleck's character, like, shoot, can't we just carry another wad of, of hundreds to make it another million? I mean, that you want it. I don't know. I was, I was, like I said, I liked that scene. I, I could feel what they were feeling and I identified with them at that point. And then it got harder and harder for me to believe and, and harder and harder to be with them. Empathize wise, empathy wise. Yeah. Um, I, but yeah, you know, you feel that it's like, yeah, we could get out with 50 million, but geez, if I could just carry one more bag, I'd have, we'd all have another million. And that's why they should have just dropped that netted, all those netted duffel bags, one place in the jungle and remembered where it was. Yes. 
I agree. That's what they should have done. Yeah. I don't know. Do you feel like the sort of action direction in this movie was good? I mean, do you feel like the scenes where they're hunting down the guards or that initial shootout in the city with the mil- the police was put together well? Mm, yeah, I thought it was okay. Uh, I, I don't remember getting taken out of those moments. Did it, something about it bother you? No, no, I actually thought it was pretty effective. Um, like, especially when that first look set of guards comes back and they're like, all right, this is not what we planned, but we just got to take them all out. And just sort of the efficiency to see them move through the house that way and, you know, call out the kills. I thought it, it did, there weren't a lot of like rough cuts because it wasn't like hand to hand combat. They had to hide stunt doubles. It was just, you know, them moving through the house being efficient. And so I feel like that flowed pretty well. Yeah, I think that's true. I think probably my favorite thing about the film was how it works as a metaphor for what happens when you send people to war. Because these guys start with this idea that they're doing something very noble and very quickly they're killing people that had nothing to do with the the evil that they're claiming to fight. Um, I mean, I think the story has a lot of strength or a lot of possibility in terms of how it's set up. I really... I don't know if I liked exactly how it was carried out, but I liked the idea of the scene in the in the farmer's field where, you know, they, they end up killing people that aren't even their enemy at all. And I just remember watching it and feeling like, ah, this is what our country's done. No, I think that's, I mean, that's fair. You think you're doing something, you're going to benefit yourself, but it, it ends up costing you or, you know, the outcome is not what you anticipated. There's, yeah, there's just someone even in the movie says it. These things never turn out like you think they will. Yeah. I like that idea a lot. So, I I mean, beyond sort of the scope of the movie, I'm also interested when places or things do get released on Netflix. Do you know uh, if if this one was originally like funded by Netflix or did Netflix buy it after it had been made? I don't know. I mean, it seems like Netflix is now putting out more of these big movies with with big actors, but it still is just surprising to me that, I don't know, directors and, and actors want to be on Netflix, but maybe they just care about the paycheck. Well, this one had a theatrical release. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. At least um, on the billboards for it in the subways in New York City, it says in theaters March 6th, um, on Netflix March 13th. Oh, okay. Well, then, I, yeah, I, I so guess I, maybe they want it to qualify for awards, or maybe that was just part of the deal with the with the director. Yeah. it was. Uh, I'm looking right now, and it wasn't going to get made unless Netflix came in and uh, purchased it or financed it. So okay, they didn't. They didn't just purchase it after the fact. Did you see that it was produced by Catherine Bigelow? No, I, d- I didn't know that either. Actually, yeah, I noticed that when uh, in the credits, and uh, I could see that it felt like a, uh, definitely her in her wheelhouse. I think so. Sort of the effects of war and the realism that they try to kind of I don't know portray. Yeah. Are there other things you liked or disliked about this movie? Um, I yeah, just didn't. <laughs> It got kind of hokey by the end, and I didn't believe. Like, uh, for example, when they're driving on the dunes by the ocean, and Oscar Isaac's character went from from being like, "Yeah, we got to kill them, no matter if they're teenage boys or not," up on the mountain, to very quickly uneven, unable to kill these guys, even though they're attacking them full on. Uh, that just didn't seem very believable to me. I agree. I think that scene is hard to just. Maybe, maybe they wanted a little bit more excitement at the end, but. To have them all be in the water and being fired at and none of them getting hit, it just, I mean, that, that's terrible shooting. Yeah. Well, and they're in the truck, too, no one ever gets hit, even though there's like three cars right behind them. Yeah. It's that kind of, I don't know, it, that, that did bother me. I remember that. 
Yeah. Also, uh, her brother, they never explain how her brother gets out of prison. He's in prison, and then all of a sudden, he's the one driving his sister out of the compound when she brings the van in the morning. I noticed that, and I thought I thought maybe that was going to be like the first thing they had to do, like break the brother out. Yeah, he said, I mean, and he also makes breaking the brother out conditional on her helping her, helping them. So it seems insane to me that he would have broken out the brother before she followed through and did her part, because that takes away a huge part of her incentive. Yeah. And it was so simple for her to drive the van in. It was it was made to, it was made to be this big deal, and it seems like it would be a big deal. To, if I was the drug lord, I'd be suspicious why my accountant brought a van on a Sunday morning. But in the end, it was like ain't no thing. Right? It's like the guy, the guard's just like, oh shoot, no one told me. <laughs> classic, classic way to explain. Were there other things that you didn't like? I wish they had uh, fleshed out the different characters a little bit more. I feel like the pilot and the brothers. Uh, you know, we're pretty generic and I feel like you get more with Oscar Isaac and more with Ben Affleck, but I don't think the other characters were as well-rounded and a little bit more stereotypes. Yeah. I thought it was so interesting when they were getting into the vans, the two vans outside the house after they got the money. And that one brother who was the MMA fighter was like, so angry, you know, getting in the car. You remember that? I do remember. Yeah. I thought it was so interesting because I thought, I thought, oh, that's an interesting character. I don't feel like I saw any of that before and it's, and it was kind of out of the blue, but I, I really, really loved it. And I think that's why I was like, that'd be awesome if that was his thing. Or if I knew more about why does he feel that way? But I didn't know anything about him really. Yeah. I don't think they, I didn't even know he was in the military until late in the movie. Yeah. Or he'd been, he'd been with them for like 10 years. They definitely treat him like a little sidekick, but apparently he'd been in the military too. Who knows? Right. Yeah. For, for 10 years or something. Okay. I don't know. How how do you know that? You're assuming it? I think they said it. I think they said it. Okay. I don't remember. Um, All right. What would you rank Triple Frontier out of five, Ty? I'm giving it a two, but I do want to see the sequel. (laughs) Uh, I am also going to rank it a two. Uh, I thought this movie would be a lot better, more exciting, but I just feel like it didn't quite get there for me, uh, which, which is disappointing. It might be one of our lowest combined scores ever. I know. I would still recommend that people watch this. Uh, I think uh, only if you really love military stories, I think. And who doesn't? Half the population. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. That's fine. (laughs) Um, Do you have something else you want to recommend for our listeners to watch, listen, or read? Uh, Yeah, I just read this week A Moon for the Misbegotten by uh, Eugene O'Neill. That's a sad play. That's a very sad play. Uh, very, it's about a guy who's basically drinking himself to death. He dies a little bit after the play ends, and he can't find love. So I, fo- I think everyone should. I think everyone should read it and then reach out to someone near you. That is pretty sad. Yikes. We need that. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm going to recommend a show on Netflix that came out recently. It's called Umbrella Academy, and it's a superhero story where these uh, children were adopted by a billionaire and they each have different abilities. And then it shows them when they're like 25. And I think they do a good job with sort of the comedy aspect of it and showing the different characters. Uh, It has Ellen page. She might be the most famous person in it. Interesting for what it's worth. I watched two episodes and I could not keep watching. Oh, I, yeah, I liked it. We finished, we finished it. It just was, uh, Everyone, I don't like, don't you feel like everyone's just kind of mean to everyone in it? Yeah, I think it shows that 
or a lot of the problems could have been resolved if people were a little bit kinder. Yeah. I feel like you need, I feel feel like you need a baseline of kindness to make it believable. So I think we would both recommend again, you know, reach out to somebody, tell someone a compliment. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Don't get to be 25 years old and be alienated from your siblings or whatever age they are. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for listening to this, uh, two brothers review podcast. I'm Reed Turley. I'm Ty Turley. And remember dreams aren't real. Bye. Bye.